It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Build-Up as we get you ready for the first game of the year for the San Jose Sharks. The opposition is Nashville, so let's take a look at what happened with them last year. They finished 45-30-7, fifth place in the Central. They lost to the Colorado Avalanche in the Western Conference first round. Some things to know about this Nashville team. They traded for defenseman Ryan McDonough in the offseason, and that's joining Roman Yossi and Matthias Ekholm, so they've definitely got some talent going on over there. Philip Tomasino is a young player that I think everybody should keep an eye on with Nashville. He's 21 years old. He averaged 1.7 poor. He's 21 years old. He averaged 1.74 points per 60 minutes of five-on-five -five ice time. That was ninth amongst rookie forwards with at least 50 games played. And that was despite averaging 10 minutes of 5-on-5 five -five ice time per game, 29th amongst 30 qualifying players. That information from NHL.com. Cody Glass was acquired in a trade with Vegas over the summer. This guy was the sixth overall pick in the 2017 draft, but never quite took off with Vegas but he's still just 23 years old, and Nashville's hoping they are going to develop his ceiling. But this Nashville team overall, I mean, they've got some names to it, no doubt about it. Forsberg, Niederreiter, Duchesne, Yossi, Ekholm, McDonough, Saros. There is a lot of talent out there on the ice, and there are expectations, especially now, now with that acquisition of Ryan McDonough. So this is not an easy task for the Sharks, but you know what? It is somewhat of a litmus test, because this is a team that last year snuck into the playoffs maybe not snuck in but they were not exactly a top team but the sharks they're not expected to be a quote-unquote top team this year but we do want to see what exactly they can do against a playoff team from a year ago i'd rather see that right off the bat than see them going against a bottom feeder in game number one so maybe we won't know everything about the Sharks after this first game but we are going to know a lot more after a busy offseason to talk about all that we are going to bring in Shalena Goldman, who I talked to earlier this week. Shalena covers the Sharks for NHL.com. Shalena, what's going on? How are you doing? Not much. Just kicking back in the bay, getting ready to watch hockey at 11 a.m. tomorrow. I know. I uh, I appreciate uh, the fact that we get to have you know early morning and early season hockey. Things getting going with the Sharks and such. And you know, I I guess you know a, a summer of change with the Sharks. It feels like a different type of off season. Because in the, you know, the roughly the decade that you've been covering the team, I mean, there's there's never been anything close to this type of change. No, not even a little bit. Even when there have been a couple of coaching changes. I remember the summer uh, that Todd McClellan left and Pete DeBoer came in. Even that summer, it, it, it there wasn't the kind of change and the kind of energy that we've had this past summer. And especially with how close it came to the draft and free agency. And, you know, there were there, there was a lot of moving parts that happened even going into August, which is normally a very quiet month, um, you know, you know, leading up to training camp. So it's been very interesting. And then to have, you know, just a, you know, just a couple of preseason games before the team goes 
to Europe. And those first couple of preseason games, you don't know what really what the roster is going to look mm-hmm. like yet. And, um, you know, and now, you know, this last preseason game that they played yesterday, they're, you know, they're on a different shape ice sheet against a non NHL team missing yeah. six of their top players. So it's, it's very interesting leading up to the, you know, to the season opener tomorrow. What did you, uh, what did you think of the overall play of the sharks in that game against ice Baron? Because they, you know, they were a little bit slow to get rolling. And then once they got going, it looked like they found their stride. And I, you know, I'm interested to see how that sets up for the two games in Nashville or home and away against Nashville uh, in the Czech Republic. Well, that's that, you know, because that was kind of my thing as well, because had this been a regular home game that they had won three to one, I I would be like, yeah, this is this, you know, this team is ready. Um, I liked what I saw from guys like Noah Gregor and Kevin LeBanc, who are players who really need to get going. They both had a lot of jump yesterday. Um, I thought Eric Carlson looked fantastic. He was one player who seemed like he didn't need quite as much time to get used to the different ice. Um, mm-hmm. That he looked great. That that you know that Thomas Hurdle goal was gorgeous. Um, so if they had been playing that game, even if it was an even, even even if that was an away game in the states, I would be like, ooh, they're ready to go against Nashville. But you know, with how different it is, I'm not quite so sure. Nashville, these two games will be a really good measuring stick, though. Um, just just given how strong of a team they are coming into coming into this season, and I was even looking at like the odds going in, like Nashville's he- of course heavily heavily favored um, over over the Sharks. So it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see coming off of that ice bearing game how the Sharks stack up. Well, it, it'll be interesting as well because if you look at the last two years, they've started out with wins and they've had things going in the right direction right out right from the jump and then it kind of you know petered out after that and I'm curious how it'll be this year because this is much more a work in progress with Bob Bugner there was a sense of continuity from Pete DeBoer and this is you know this is a team that we're gonna have to watch and kind of get used to because you listen we saw Quinn do his thing previously but I wasn't watching it with the same eye because you didn't see it every night and now we get to see what he's going to turn this Sharks team into. Well, and he's also doing, you know, you there, there, there's been so much comparison to what he did in New York, but he has, a, this is a completely different team. You have completely different players. You have a completely different dynamic. You have a team that, you know, that's going, you know, that is going through such a big transition right now. So, and he's still kind of trying to get a feel for, you know, what this team is made of and what, you know, and what young guys can fit in where and what veteran guys can fit in where. So I don't think it's going to be like last season where they, jumped out four and oh and then things started getting funky it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch even if they do get on a nice winning streak it's like okay but how long you know it's there's so many unknowns going which makes it cool um but then it's also it's yeah like you said before there's just so much unknown going into the start of this campaign one of the big or two of the big issues or players that i'm going to be watching to start the season i'll let you uh jump off either one of these that you want to but it's due to the departure of Brent Burns. And I wonder how that's going to impact Eric Carlson, because obviously his role on the power play in particular uh, will be that much more important. And of course, so much of his game is predicated on his health. I mean, last year when he was healthy, he was very, very good. But the other guy is Mark Edward Vlasic. And I think we saw him add a little bit more offensive aggression towards the end of last year. But I wonder, you know, because he had, you know, a quick ascent in his career and then they added Brent Burns and then they added Eric Carlson. And I always wondered if he felt a little bit relegated 
And if now he was in light of the Burns departure, going to try and step up that much more and really prove himself. It was really interesting. And you and you and I have talked about this a few times because um, when I first started covering the team, Vlasic was, you know, he was, you know, it was him and Justin Braun on that, you know, you know, we're, you know, we're that top pair and teams would come, you know, would, you know, would come in and, you know, opposing, you know, uh, reporters from, you know, for opposing teams would just gush about how wonderful he was and all this. And he, you know, and he, you know, and he had all this promise that, and then you did, you know, like, you know, like he did, like you said, with Burns becoming more, you know, more solidified and moving, you know, back down to defense after he'd been up on offense for a season. Um, and then having Carlson come in, it did sort of diminish, his role, and I think even before Burns departed, you, you could kind of see at the end of last season that Vlasic was like, oh, I need to pick it up. I need to, I need to, you know, I need to contribute more. And I do think it took him a while to get back into that mode. This offense, it can't just be on Eric Carlson to be the one scoring defenseman, you know, this entire time. Um, you know, Vlasic will have to, you know, will have to pick that back up. Mario, you know, Mario, you know, Mario Ferraro is not a big scoring defenseman. He has said in multiple interviews that, you know, that he needs to work on that, that he needs to contribute. Um but I think the big thing with Carlson and you, you just and you know you just said this. He just he just has to stay healthy. I think he came into last season looking, looking really good, and then mm-hmm. the bouts with COVID, and even after that, he was really working. You could tell that he was really grinding to get you know back into full shape, and then getting injured. Um, he's looked really really strong this this preseason. So um, I think I see him sliding into that role without Burns just more seamlessly. I think the big one to watch for will be Vlasic. And if he, and if he can pick it back up and, you know, and be more of a, more of a difference maker. What about Kevin LeBanc? I really thought he looked good at training camp, just in terms of his shape, in terms of, you know, coming back from injury and, you know, it's all about getting him back to who he was in 2018, 2019. Um, And, you know, I just, I think there's still so much that he can do. And, you know, he's had a rough go of it the last couple of years. You know, he's a guy who I'm expecting uh, who, and I think needs to have a big season. He does. And I, um, I've liked what I've seen from him so far preseason. Um, I liked what I saw from him actually yesterday in that game mm-hmm. um, in, um, in Berlin. I thought, I thought, I thought he had, he had a ton of jump. The thing he needs to have a successful season, I think, and I thought this as as good as he was with things in 2018 and 2019, he, he needs to come in this season and not make the same mental mistakes that he did in those seasons because he's got a phenomenal shot and he's and he still has a ton of speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but he makes these little mental hiccups that end up in the back of the shark's net. And it, and then he really internalizes that, and it takes him a minute to get out to get out of his funk. And before it was okay, well, we'll put him back on Joe Thornton's wing, and we'll get him kind of sorted out. He needs that veteran presence, and uh, he he can't, you know, the, the Sharks can't allow that w- with him th- yeah. this season. He has to be the bigger guy, and uh, you know, he just has to be a more disciplined player. I think is kind of the biggest thing with him. Um, I I really enjoy wa- watching him play. He's a great player to watch. I know that he's a good locker room guy. Um, but that's something where he just has to minimize, um, some of those, you know, little mental hiccups that, you know, that, you know, that he makes. And if he does, cause all players are going to make mistakes at some point, if he does, he can't let that get too much in, into his head. He has to pick it back up and go back out there. In terms of the forwards that came in, in the off season, are there any of those that you're particularly intrigued by? 
Um, I, it's it's really interesting to watch right now because, like we said before, it's such a different. It's this is just such a different makeup from any of the other any of the other teams when there have been different things. I really like Luke uh, Luke, uh, Luke Conan right now. Um, I like what he's added so far. I like watching him on the ice. He's really dynamic, and I like watching everybody around him. He's somebody who's always really caught my eye. So he's kind of the first one that I really, I know a lot of people are looking at some of like the really, really young guys that have come in. Luke Conan is kind of the one for me where I think he's going to be a difference maker. And then another one that I'm looking at in terms of, you know, having a, still needing to prove it more, but I think has great potential is Noah Gregor because, you know, towards the end of last year, he started finding the back of the net more. And I think last year he was very much snake bit. It seemed like if he could hit the post as square as possible without getting a beneficial <laughs> bounce, he would. And I, you know, I, I talked to him about this and he said, yeah, you know, it was frustrating, but like, I, I see Noah Gregor as a guy who I think could have 20 goals. Like, I think he has that potential. And it, it's funny. Cause you think about all the opportunities he created last year, he only had eight goals and 15 assists. And it was like the, the hard work you feel should have been rewarded a lot more than it was. Well, and those eight goals, those all came wet in like the second half of the season he mm-hmm. just he just could not buy a goal and and you and you could you could see how frustrated he was because he was working his butt off and you and you and you could really tell um he's another guy who i've liked i like what i've seen from him in preseason i mean he still has his speed he hasn't slowed he hasn't slowed down over the last few seasons that um that i have watched him he has the potential um to have a much stronger season um you know, find you know as you know as long as he doesn't go for that, go through that first half again where he can't score. Uh, but I don't foresee that happening again. I I see him also being um I see him picking it up this this season. I I, see, I also see him fitting into more of a, vet, a veteran role pretty comfortably. And then another one is Nick Benino. I don't expect it to take him you know almost a quarter of the season to start you know registering points and getting goals and such. I mean that's that was so out of character for him. And then once he did start scoring, it looked like old. Nick Benino, but that's another guy who I think watching both him and Gregor last year was like these guys were working so hard and simply not being rewarded. I just remember when I remember watching Benino finally get that goal and he kind of did like the Andy Dufresne look up to the sky yeah. type of thing. He was so happy because uh, you could feel his frustration. That was also very out of character. And like you just said, once, you know, once he got that first one, the floodgates opened. Um, and he was finding the back of the net much more regularly. So yeah, he's, he's another one. It was, you know, two guys with very fluky starts to their season who, um, who I believe will generate many more goals to start off. What is your take on the goalie situation? Or I guess, who do you expect to be the number one when we look back, um, you know, maybe by February, do you think it'll be established or do you think it'll be 50, 50 or ride the hot hand? Um, I think it's, um, I, since I haven't, you know, covered Quint long, long enough. I don't know if he's more of a tandem guy. Um, we've talked about this with Reimer before. He's done he's done a lot of his best work when he works in a, a tandem. He's a good, I got a little, I think everyone was getting a little nervous yesterday when it looked like he might've gotten hurt. Um, but, you know, Kapo Kakinen is very capable and he looks really good. Um, it might just be something where one of them has, you know, emerged as being, you know, stronger. Which I think is probably what it's, which I think is going to be, because you know when you start off a season, it's more common to have a tandem. You don't really want to have a tandem going in February. That usually means that either somebody's hurt or that something's off and you're not winning. Um, so, uh, to, to, I'm sorry, this, you know, to kind of bring it back, um, I do think it's probably going to be more of a ride the hot hand type of thing, and whoever is still going and they're still winning is probably going to be who's in net. Were you surprised to see that they did trade Aiden Hill away? 
um of the two but, but between Reimer and between Hill I was leaning towards them keeping Reimer um they had very similar contracts and it was so it was kind of a toss-up um I think Hill this is probably better for Hill and this will give him a fresh start I think Reimer having the tenure that he has with the Sharks I think mm-hmm. that kind of set him up longer um to stay with the team and you know Hill really Hill worked really, really hard and had a really frustrating season with all of those injuries. So I know that he kind of came over to San Jose for the fresh start and that didn't work out. So, you know, maybe going, you know, going off, he'll get that start that he wants. The The danger, though, is that because he has that big body and has the athleticism, if he does turn into a great goalie for the Knights, that's going to be one that the Sharks and their fan base uh, long regret. That'll be one where that'll be one of the many goalies who goes to a, a, a different team and sharks fans will be like, well, why didn't he do that when he was here? <laughs> that'll be yeah, never get tired of that one. The the thing with Hill though, is that it, right before he got hurt, his last, I don't know, eight games it was like two goals against two goals against two goals against a shutout, a couple of three goals. Like I, I thought he played pretty well before that injury. That's why it was frustrating. It's like, you could see how much potential there was. Yeah, one of the things with him, and I talked about this with a couple fans before, was because um, you know when the Sharks were losing and he was in net, you know the the easy thing was to be like, oh, this is Martin Jones all over again. And those two, they're two totally different animals. One of the things with Hill was that you know being that big body and being so long and having those you know long limbs is that he would sometimes overcompensate, and I think that's when. You know, that's when pucks were ending up getting behind him when he buckled down and, you know, and I watched him after morning skates work really, really hard, you know, and work, you know, and put in extra work um, to, you know, hone his craft. And once he buckled down and wasn't, you know, trying to, you know, overreach or doing too much, that's when he started to look really good. And so that's what made it even more disappointing, I guess, um, you know, when you saw him get injured, like, you know, like he did, and then not be able to come back. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, he was really finding his stride. He was really figuring it out. And then I guess as a final one for you is what is your, the big question about this team that's at the front of your mind? Like, what are you waiting to see answered? I really want to see how they bounce back after losses. I think that's one of my biggest things. That was one of my things last year was in that first part of the season, um, you know, if they were down two goals, you know, they could come back in, in the, you know, in the third and win if they had a really bad loss to Vegas one night they could come back the next night and beat LA or you know or what or whatever it was um there was a rebound factor there was a resiliency factor that was there um and then that was gone later in in the you know in the season and they couldn't Mm -hmm. pick it back up and it's a matter of you know and again we talked about that long break and whatever but uh, I want to see that resiliency factor again you know they this is a team that's you know, that has a lot of odds stacked against them. So, you know, can they, you know, and they're also not seen right now, the Sharks aren't seen as a big threat in the West. And so I want to see, okay, how do they take that and then use that against their opposition? How do they use that to beat other teams? Be like, Oh, you thought that we were easy to beat. Think again. Those are the types of things I want to see. Awesome. Shalina, I appreciate your time as always. I look forward to seeing you at the tank and we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Anytime. Again, that was Shalina Goldman of NHL.com joining us here on the buildup as we get you ready for game number one of the San Jose Sharks season. And some of the things that I'm going to be paying attention to today. How does the power play look? Are the Sharks doing a good job of winning puck battles? 
Are they going to be able to keep the puck in the offensive zone and create multiple opportunities? Far too often last year, it was one look and then the puck was quickly going the opposite direction. So, no, we're not going to find out all of these things in game number one. And obviously, to find out a lot about a team, it's going to probably take us into December to get an idea of what this Sharks team is. But for now, Sharks hockey is back. Remember, pregame coverage starts live at 10.30 with Dan Rusinowski right here on the Sharks Audio Network. I'll see you in the morning on Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app, presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.